Welcome back to Starting Now. I'm your host, Jeff Saris. This is the show where I talk to entrepreneurs to reveal the unexpected paths to entrepreneurship. Today, my guest is Brian Castle. Brian is an entrepreneur who has productized his approach to business. It's wonderful. I mean, he has launched a ton of products over the years. He's sold some of them for large exits, but also this year he's doing a product lab approach, which I think is brilliant. We're already, we're only into the second month of 2021. Just as of today, he just launched his second new product of the year. So I think there's a lot to learn from from Brian and his approach to business and uh, his journey as well. So without further ado, my conversation with Brian Castle. How about we start just uh, with a little bit about Zip Message and how that came to be, and then we'll rewind and talk a little bit about your journey. Yeah, sure. So, I mean, today I I uh, publicized the thing that I'm currently working on, uh, which is a, a little product idea called Zip Message at, at zipmessage.com. Um, uh, I guess it's a big day in that I, annou- I announced it, but... Um, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, right now, this year in 2021, at least the beginning of it, I, as, as you saw, like, I'm sort of just, I'm taking this like product lab uh, approach, uh, where I'm just kind of working on a, a couple of product ideas to see what's there. You know, one, one thing that I've learned from doing many products over the years is um, uh, you don't you don't truly learn um, what's what with a product until you actually offer it to the market. And, and I don't mean like just an idea and, and like, um, talking to customers, that's very important of course, but like actually having a product in hand for a customer to try and use and try and make a buying decision. That's where you really learn what is it about this product that's valuable or not, or not so valuable. And then you can decide. And so this year, um, I just wanted to move much faster to, uh, of going from like idea to building it and shipping it. And um, uh, so today, uh, Zip Message is, is a little tool that um, it makes it really easy to get a, a video recording or a screen share recording from someone else. And that could be like from your customers, from your clients, uh, from like a colleague on your team. It could be like uh, some, somebody you're, uh, you're hiring, so like hiring interviews. And it's all about asynchronous uh, communication, meaning the opposite of live zoom zoom calls all the time you know everybody's in different time zones we're, we're working remotely so we just want to kind of you know ask a question get a video response back or or record a video send it to someone get their response back and you can go back and forth uh asynchronously and it's um it's very lightweight it's it's you can just share your own link like zipmessage.com slash jeff and and you can uh share that out with you can tweet it out to anyone or you can just pass it to a single customer or something and, and start a, an asynchronous conversation. And then the, you know, the, 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 the thing with it is that it's zero friction for the other person. So your customer or someone like they don't need to download anything or install any plugins or sign up for any account. Like all they need to do is click your link. They open their browser. They can turn on their webcam or turn on their screen share and record. And then it's, then you're, you're off to the races. So what was the moment then that that really struck you? What was, what was the uh, need that you found that that product along the lot, along the list of the many other ones we'll talk about? Um, what was the first like impetus for diving into it uh, very recently? Um, yeah. So a couple of months back, my other product, which I'm still running and, and uh, working on 
is called Process Kit, and that's a that's a SaaS product. It's a very different type of software product. So that that one is more aimed at like agencies for setting up your processes, especially your repeatable, um, you know, standard operating procedures with your with your team. But it turns those into tasks, and it automates a lot of your tasks with, with your team and with recurring pro, uh, projects and tasks and, and stuff like that. So that's that's a, a product that's a lot more complex mm-hmm. to uh, to use and to get set up and, and to get on board. Uh, we have a big Zapier integration for that. And so I was doing customer support for that a couple of months ago. I mean, I'm, I'm still doing customer support for it. And um, there's a lot of times where I just need to see what the customer is seeing. Um, and, you know, I could check out like their account to check out their settings or something like that. But a lot of times, especially when they're dealing with like Zapier issues, you know, I, I can't log into their Zapier account, at, mm-hmm. at least not easily so, or without like scheduling a live Zoom call or something like that. Um, so I would ask them to like, hey, can you record your whole setup for me? Show me all your settings and then and then, you know, figure figure out a way to send me back that recording. It, like that's just a lot of friction. Oh, yeah. So I just wanted a way to email, you know, doing like email customer support and just say, hey, here's a link show me your setup and I'll get right back to you like within a few hours, you know? Yeah, I really like that. So from idea to today, to launch, to sort of pre-launch day, how long is that process? Because it it sounds like you are really iterating very like effectively and I'm, I'm really in awe of what you're producing. Yeah, so, um, well, the idea came like last fall, like around September, but I didn't, I just wrote it down and didn't do anything with it. And, and then, um, uh, like the last week of December of 2020 is when I, um, th- like, usually that's a, that's a good month for me to like sort of take a break from the thing that I've been working on all year long, which was process kit and just work on something fresh and, and new. And, um, and I have a long list of, of product ideas. So, <laughs> so that, I mean, that's the idea that I just kept thinking about ever since I started. And it's not just for customer support, right? It, it could be used for any sort of like asynchronous video stuff, especially with customers and, and like applicants and working remotely and stuff like that. So I kept thinking about all these different use cases and I did a little bit of technical research on it. And I learned it's not incredibly difficult to build something like that. Um, uh, and, and so I built a little prototype like in the last week of December. And then in January, I, I also have a developer that works with me. Um, uh, I brought him onto the project and, uh, we, you know, we've been hammering through the roadmap on that. And so that takes us to today. We're about midway through February. Um, the product is, it's still not ready for users yet. I would say we're probably like about a month away mm-hmm. four to six weeks away from having it ready to invite some some beta users but i felt like now is a good point where like we we're for, we're far enough along that like this this is going to be a product um <laughs> like we've proven internally that this thing works and and it's getting there um so now i'm starting to get the marketing wheels turning right so i spent this past week uh designing the marketing site for zipmessage.com um getting that out there today. And, and now I have on the back end of that is like a survey form for people who, who join the early access list. Um, I've got a, my inbox is packed with people <laughs> signing up today. So, so now I have a lot of good data to, to dig into and, and, and read everybody's responses. I'm going to be getting back in touch with these people and doing calls over the next few, few weeks, you know, sort of like flipping back and forth between working on the product, me and my developer and, 
um, and then talking to early access users. Um, and then the plan is to start inviting the first users probably mid-March. And nice. um, I mean, really the goal for this thing, like I said, is, is to move quickly. So I think basically from like starting to build it in December, I think we can have beta users by March. So about a three month process to, to get to those first users. And then, then it's a matter of figuring out like, okay, who does this resonate with? Is there a market for this? Does the pricing make sense? Um, and we'll go from there. I mean, it could be something that like, you know, uh, hits a nerve and it's clear how, how I can market it and then I'll keep pushing on it. Or I could just sort of let, let it run uh, slow and steady for a while and, 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 you know, uh, hop over to my other product process kit. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the, the nice thing, um, and just stop me if I'm just rambling here, but oh, no, it's great. It's um, great. Well, like at, at this point in this journey, I've been, you know, self-employed now for like 13 years. Um, uh, I have, I have another company called Audience Ops, uh, which is like a productized service. And I'm mostly removed from that day to day. Um, and it sort of like pays my bills and I've got a really great team uh, who, who's running that. Uh, so I have a lot more freedom and, and time in, in my schedule, like day to day, so, mm -hmm. so that I can really devote all my hours to, you know, hacking on, on new product ideas or trying to grow, you know, software products and, and and that takes a lot a lot more work and a lot more time uh than like a service business oh yeah um so so it's been good but know, yeah these last few years to kind of hack on it you're building frameworks though it seems like so um removing yourself from audience ops was that mostly an uh a hiring task or was that a systems task or i mean it's some balance of, of both i'm sure yeah, both. I mean, very much systems, uh, you know, audience ops since day one, I, I launched that back in 2015. Um, uh, it, it's been a productized service from day one, um, intended to, to run with other people uh, in systems. Mm -hmm. you know, and could you define uh, the productize? Because I think that's a it's a great concept. Yeah, so um, I think of productized services as like, uh, it's a form of of services like done for you services um but it's a little bit different than a typical agency or a typical consultancy or freelancing in that you know those tend to be a little bit more like um a freelancer or an agency working with a client and defining the scope of every individual project and defining a, a long proposal and then you do that again and again and it's it's probably very different from one project to the next and you work with many different types of, of clients. And that, that can be great. You can grow a very large agency that way. But I found that it's, it's easier to scale. And especially if you intend to remove yourself, if you make every, if you start with the idea that every project should be more or less the same, um, the same scope, the same, uh, the way that you do things, um, the schedule of delivery, the tools that you use, if you can make that as similar and standardized as possible, then that's much easier to, to make it repeatable, to build processes around it, to hire people to carry it out instead of you. Um, so if you start there as your goal, well, how do you get there? Well, you have to figure out what is a specific problem that you are well positioned to solve that a, a, a known market of people or companies 
know that they have this problem and they need to pay to have it solved. So then you can sort of like present your productized service as like, this is these. so in our case, we do blog content as a service, right? So um, when you're a company, especially if you're like a WordPress plugins company or, or a SaaS company or something like that, you need blog content to educate your customers or do SEO. Um, you know, that's a problem that these companies have. Mm -hmm. They need to solve it in one way or another. Either, either the founders are writing the content or they hire a freelancer or they hire a generalist agency and, and, and it's very expensive or, or they don't really specialize in that. Well, with us, like if you need blog content, our solution is the blog content. We, we research, write, um, plan out topics for you. We do the publishing, the newsletter, the social media for your, for your blog. And all that is a, is a process and it's, and it has a price tag and it has pack like predictable packages. And so it's just very easy to, um, to, it's it's easy to sell it and scale it that way, but it's actually very easy for clients to buy it. It's a lot oh, easier, yeah. I think, than than an agency because if you're going to an agency or, or a freelancer, like you have to do all this work to like tell them what you want and then evaluate the proposal, do the negotiation. Whereas this is like, oh, I have this problem and that's a solution. Let me buy that. You mm -hmm. know? And then do you um, since it's goal. yeah since it's writing and there's a lot that goes into that. Do you have a specific niche? Is it like startups, like tech startups, or is it more of a broad, a broad, uh, approach? Yeah. I mean, we've, we, we've, we've focused a lot on B2B SaaS. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, but we, we've gone a little bit more broad than that and, and, and across different industries. Like there, there are like WordPress SaaS and there are like, um, financial tech SaaS that we've written for and stuff like that. And, and, um, and everything in between, um, uh, but yeah, like almost all of our clients are B2B. All, the vast majority are like software products of, of some kind. Um, so that's kind of what we focus on. Yeah. Yeah. Finding that niche and really developing the systems, like you said, that seems immensely valuable. So I just want to rewind a little bit and talk about sort of your origin story. So like, what did you expect? What did you sort of have envisioned for yourself before you dove into entrepreneurship? <laughs> Uh, let's see. Um, <laughs> I thought I was going to play outfield for the New York Mets. That didn't pan out. <laughs> um, and I thought I was going to play in a band. Uh, that also didn't work out. <laughs> um, and uh, I, I actually went to school for music production. I, I, I was pretty serious about music for my whole life, really. Um, uh, but I thought that I was going to pursue a career in, like, I really wanted to work in recording studios, mm -hmm. um, recording and, and creating and producing music. And I still do that as a hobby these days, but, um, I, I mean, I got a degree in, in audio engineering and, and production and, um, after college, um, I did work in a few studios kind of as an intern and, and like a low level employee. And, and I did some projects on my own, but it's tough. Like the music industry breaking into that, like it's, it's a, it's a mix of like, there's not much money in it and you need a ton of luck and it's extremely competitive. And I, and I kind of came to the conclusion that like, I don't see a pathway where I can really do well in this career, at least not soon without getting really lucky, mm -hmm. you know? And, and I didn't like that proposition. So, um, so I kind of stepped back and, and I went to my other thing that I was really interested in, which was, the web and, and technology. And, and I had hacked around with like HTML and stuff 
making websites for my band in college and stuff like that. Um, so then I got an intern at a, at a web agency in, um, in New York City. And, and that's where I went from like amateur to like, oh, actually knowing how to build a, a website professionally. Um, and I learned a ton there, you know, working on like big brand uh, nationally recognized websites like you really and this is back around 2005 um, when you know the tools of the web <laughs> are not what they are today um, but I really learned I learned a lot about you can just figure anything out like, oh yeah it, if there's if there's one thing that becoming a web developer and a web designer that taught me um, I feel so incredibly lucky that I was able to learn this early like in my 20s I mean, it's literally like if you see something, you just need to pick it apart and figure out how it was built. And then you have that skill. And, and like web design, like designing websites is the perfect like first entry point to building anything really. Um, and I didn't think I was going to become like an entrepreneur or, or products or any of that SaaS. Like I didn't, I didn't know what these things even were. I, I just, all I was interested at first was like, I like the web. I think that's interesting. And, and I like to design things. So I, I was working at this web agency and then I noticed that this agency was hiring freelancers and I was a full-time employee there. I was like, how come that guy or that girl gets to come in here like two or three days a week for like an <laughs> afternoon and then go off and do their own thing like the rest of the week. <laughs> and I was like, I have the same skills that they do. Why am I sitting at this desk nine to five, you know? Um, and that's when it sort of clicked. And, and then I started Googling like, well, what is a freelancer? <laughs> like, I didn't even know. You know? Oh, yeah. Um, and, uh, and, and, then, and then I found uh, Freelance Switch, the, the old blog. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, I don't think it's around anymore, but I, I learned a lot about what it means to be a freelancer back in like 2005, around there, 2006. And um, Actually, I guess, so I went freelance in 2008, January, 2008 is when I left the, the agency, became a freelance web designer. Um, and I did that for a while. I thought I was really just going to be a freelancer um, and, and do websites for clients. And I, I did that for a few years and that's when I got into WordPress. Um, and I, and, and the whole idea of products wasn't in the, in the plan. I didn't know anything about that. I just, all of a sudden I stumbled into this company called Woo Themes and they're making these WordPress themes and this company called Press 75 and Studio Press and like, oh, that's a thing. Like they designed WordPress themes and they're selling them as digital downloads. I have that same skill set. Why am I working with clients when I can just sell digital products? And, and so that was um, the first time I got and I started getting interested in like selling digital products. And then, and then from there it snowballed. I learned about SaaS and productized services and all that. Yeah. I mean, identifying your skills, just like you said earlier, is what you're doing right now. You're identifying your skills and finding the market, the product, the, the way to apply that for other people. Like that's, it's wonderful. And it, it shows like, that's like sort of a thread throughout. It seems like you, I mean, starting with music and all the way through that these are the skills that, yeah, you're applying in. So this year you're doing the product lab approach. What do you, or I, I should say, how do you look at your list of ideas and then decide, okay, what's something worth doing? Because you mentioned how um, the latest, uh, the current project, um, Zip Message, 
you just kept thinking about it. Is that sort of the metric to know that, okay, I need to run with this? Or do you have any other ways of determining? Yeah, I mean, that's a good question. Um, it's something that I'm trying to get better at, frankly. Um, and uh, and it's really, really difficult because I think when you do this long enough, you start to, I mean, it's natural that you come up with a, a lot of different ideas and you start to identify, oh, it, that could be a potential pain point that I could solve or or there could be a market there, or this would be sort of interesting. I, I think it's kind of cool. Like there's a lot of those and I have a long list of them, but I'm learning, I've learned the hard way many, many times that it's not just about um, figuring out like, oh, nobody else is doing this idea. That's actually probably a red flag. You probably want to be in, in, in a market where there is uh, some competition. Um, there's i i think it's just an ever evolving like checklist of things and and i think it's also a um uh learning from from the past right like one one idea to the next right so um so when i went from freelancing i i got a little bit frustrated of doing like living in like project to project and doing proposals and client work so that's what led me to productize services how can i make this more predictable and scalable so that, so that i could hire a team and then from there, um, it, it was like, okay, the productized service works really well, but it would be great if I could scale this even more. And, and I'm really interested in, soft, in designing software products now. So that, that seems like a, a good direction for me. So, so, so that's sort of a roundabout way that I got into uh, doing Process Kit. And now working on Process Kit for the past two years, you know, I learned, well, Process Kit is good. It has a good customer base and it's growing, um, uh, but it is a lot of work to get companies to adopt it. Mm-hmm. You know, so um, uh, and we have like templates and we've worked on the onboarding and things like that, and, and it's a lot easier now. But um, but still, it's like a big shift for for an agency to to have their whole team adopt Process Kit. So um, so then in my next product ideas, like Zip Message. I was looking for something that could be very simple and fast to start using, you know, and the idea of zip messages, you can start it and start a conversation like right now and get, a. You, basically you, you get that value from the product. I mean, immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other thing that I like about zip messages is that it's, uh, it has a viral component. If, if you're going to do a conversation with someone else, inherently they're going to see zip message. So, um, so I like that aspect of it. Um, yeah, I mean, you want to look at the product ideas that I think a obviously solve a, a known problem. Um, B, you want to look for something that has a an, an existing market of, of people who are proven to to pay money for tools like this. Um, and I think the other the, the hardest thing is to figure out is there a marketing channel that you are able to tap into. Um, and um, and I've had like mixed success with with that piece, the the marketing piece. To be mm-hmm. honest, um, you know, I, I like like one example is like looking back, we, we kind of skipped over it, but I I did a business called Restaurant Engine. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, back in um, started in like 2011, and I sold that business in 2015. That was a WordPress website's uh, like a website builder aimed at. Uh, uh, restaurants and hotels, and it was all built on WordPress. 
and it did fine. Like, and, and I figured out how to like grow it with, with organic search traffic and a lot of content, blog content and whatnot. But I, I had a challenge with it of, of like, I'm not personally connected to restaurants and, uh, and, and it wasn't easy for me to go sell to, to like really keep pushing and growing in the restaurant industry when I, I wasn't really in it. I didn't have any inroads. Um, uh, so, you know, I think that like you want to choose products where, where you feel confident that you can like spend several years actually trying to grow this thing. Um, it's yeah. It's know, like a, it, a founder. It, it's market. like a, like a founder fit. Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah, I mean, that's so important because we, we talked about like product market fit and like the market needed that, but you weren't necessarily the founder to create that product, which, yeah, it's important to, yep. I mean, you were very capable of it, but you weren't just as in it as much as some of the other things. So looking at a micro product, I mean, you're sort of this year, it feels like you're doing more micro products. You said really quickly, um, the value is quickly apparent. So do you have any set goals of how many you would like to approach this year? How many products? Yeah. Um, really not that many, to be honest. Like I call it a product lab um, because, I mean, it's not even a thing. It's just like my approach to how I'm working this year. Mm -hmm. um, and, and it's, uh, what, what, when I use the term lab, it, it's really like, it's an experiment. Everything that I do now is an experiment. I'm not treating it like I, I'm, I'm just trying to remove any layer of like long-term expectations from this, you know? Um, I'm trying to be very strategic about the types of products that I, that I try to, that I intend to build and, and ship. But um, the way that I look at it is like every, every one that I decide to, to launch could have any number of outcomes. One, one outcome is, this was a fun little learning project, um, good for, to kind of put on the shelf and it's there and it was super small and it only took me a couple of weeks. Like that would be like Thready that I shipped a couple of weeks ago. Um, but I don't, I don't see it having much long-term potential. It's, mm -hmm. it's there, could, could, you know, move along nicely as something in my portfolio. Then there's another outcome could be, all right, this is a little bit bigger and, um, uh, it could turn into a business, but it's, but it's just a long, slow ramp. Um, and that's sort of the story with process kit right now. It's, it's, and it's, uh, it's, it's about two years in now. And, and, um, you know, it's got a good base of customers. We slowly grow every, every month. Uh, but it's not like a hockey stick rocket ship <laughs> sort of, uh, sort of growth thing. And, um, and, and so, you know, it's, it's in, in the portfolio of products. Um, another one could be like, you know, you launch it and it, and it really does well, you know? Um, and then, you, and then that sort of, um, uh, justifies like doubling down on the effort and the focus on, on that, because the interest is there, the market is there, the traction, it, it's, it's all clicking. Um, but I'm just trying to treat this year as like no expectations, just kind of work on one thing and the next, I mean, for now it, it could end up just being like zip message for the next couple of quarters. And then I, you know, go back to focusing on process kit or, um, yeah, that's, that's sort of the, the game plan right now. We'll, we'll see. Yeah. And with so many things up in the air, then how much are you able to remove yourself? So you mentioned audience ops, you're, you really like that sort of RGB, like almost like set it and forget it because it's like the systems in place, the employees. Mm -hmm. Um, but you have, I think, uh, one, two, three, four, five, 
at least six or seven, I think six other things that we haven't even talked about. <laughs> and like, how do you balance all of that? Yeah, you know, um, there's a bunch of people who do this sort of thing where they have like a portfolio of of products. And from the outside, like when you look at, at their websites, or if you look at my website, listing all the things on, on a page, it looks like a lot, but in reality, I'm only touching one or two of those things at any given time, you know? Um, so the whole idea really of everything that I do now is like, um, it, it should be work on it, learn from it, launch it, and hopefully it continues to produce some kind of uh, return on that, on that uh, batch of, of work that I put into it. And that, mm -hmm. hopefully it's financial return, but sometimes it could just be learning, you know? Oh yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, like, like everything that I do, it, it's intended to, to scale. It's intended to be a product that could sell repeatedly after I'm done working on it for now. Um, but again, hopefully it, it, it's so successful that it just demands more and more of my attention. Like that, that would be a good problem to have with one of these products, to be honest. For sure. Um, so yeah, I mean, like listing out all the things that I have in my portfolio, really right now, I only spend my right, like literally right now, this month, I'm on zip message, like, like 90% of my hours are, are on our own zip message. Um, you know, uh, I, process kit is, is also like the other thing that I that I touch pretty regularly, because I'm doing some customer support on that. We do maintenance and, and, uh, and, and we are shipping small features right now, like kind of in between the stuff that we're doing with uh, zip message. Um, but we're not but for this quarter of 2021, unlike last year, you know, we've sort of, we're not doing any major feature builds in process kit because right now the focus is zip message, but I could see like next quarter we'll build some big feature in process kit. Mm -hmm. um, Does that uh, team so overlap? How, how it's going. Does that team overlap across the different products? Um, well, on the software stuff, it's very small. It's, mm -hmm. it's just me and one developer. Um, and, and we, we do both work on zip message and process kit. Um, nice. so that, that overlaps. And I have, uh, a, a marketing person who, um, is mostly focused on process kit, but I have asked her to, uh, contribute a little bit of, of like research and planning for, for zip message as well. So, so yeah, that, that would overlap as well. Um, but audience ops is very separate from all of that. Um, uh, I mean, occasionally I'll I'll hire like a writer from audience ops to write for process kit or something like that. But um, uh, yeah, that team is sort of on their own, and and they and audience ops uses process kit. So um, so it's it's sort of nice to like get feedback from my team of like, oh, it'd be great if this button could do that or this, and like get you know we fold it back into the product. For sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you're scratching your own itch. You're figuring out yeah. from internal and external inputs. So for someone who might be launching various products like this, how do you approach uh, sunsetting to actually closing out some sort of project that's out there that maybe just a product that isn't performing as well as you, you may have wanted? That's a good question. Um, I probably haven't done such a great job of sunsetting. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, I mean, if it's successful and it's just something that you don't want that, that has a lot of potential, um, but you're finding it like a distraction or you just feel like you've taken it as far as you can, then, 
the obvious choice would probably be to sell the, the business, like mm -hmm. sell it to someone else. Um, if it's large enough, you know, you can go to go use a brokerage for that. If it's smaller, you can go to like a marketplace for that. Um, if it's, if it has like no sales, then it's perfectly fine to, I don't call it a failure to stop working on it. I mean, you've learned something, oh, yeah. right? Um, you've probably learned a lot of things from it. So, um, yeah, I mean, I have a couple of like, uh, and I mean, I was learning to code a few years ago. So I, use, I, I learned by building simple products and, um, I still learn as I build products. So, you know, some of those were just like sort of a learning experiment, but it's, but it's a little product in the portfolio, you know? Mm -hmm. So for someone just starting out, because as you mentioned, freelancing, doing services, like spending your time is sort of the easiest, uh, the shortcut to becoming, yes. becoming a freelancer than an entrepreneur. If someone is trying to uh, determine what they should start out with, would you recommend products? Would you recommend a hybrid of the two? What would what would be your recommendation for someone brand new? Well, I, I have a recommendation. I have a, some advice for anybody who's freelancing, and it's probably the opposite of what you've heard from most freelancing advice. Work on stuff that you're not getting paid for. Mm -hmm. And... And what I mean by that is obviously you're a freelancer, you're gonna charge for your time when you're working with clients as, as you should, and you should probably continuously increase your rates over time. And that, that's great. You need to pay your bills, but you need to carve out some time to work on your own products and your own ideas. It, I mean, they don't even have to be products. They could just be things that you wanna do and even better if you can put them out publicly. So like one thing that I did, I, I'm, I, co-host a podcast now, but I, I did a few podcasts over the years and I, I did one back when I was a freelancer, me and another freelance web designer, we teamed up and did, a, and did our first podcast together. And it was a great way to start getting our ideas out there. We were, we were getting paid $0 to do this, it took an hour of our time when both of us charged a lot for, for an hour of our time, but you do it for free just to get your ideas out there. That, that's one idea is do a podcast or write a blog, write a newsletter. Um, create a simple product, write an ebook, create a WordPress plugin, a WordPress theme, like any of these things, you, you might not make much money from it. I, I mentioned earlier, um, uh, when I was a freelance web designer, I became really interested in seeing what they were doing at, at Woo Themes and Studio Press. And let me try that, right? I spent like a lot of my hours just designing and building WordPress themes and it probably amounted to, and I ended up selling some, but it, it amounted to like less than 3% of my annual income from mm -hmm. those things, right? But it was like the, the most incredible learning experience. I learned how to sell things on the internet. I learned what it means to actually market a product. Like you learn so much just by doing these things that you don't get paid for. And, and I think more freelancers, if you ever intend, you might love freelancing now, but if you ever intend to grow up and, and kind of level up to the next thing of like running a business, like you're going to need to experiment and, uh, and, and try things and you're not going to get paid for them. Like that's just the reality. You know? Yeah, for sure. And I think that's great advice even for building the freelance uh, customer base. I mean, when someone's brand new, they don't have a portfolio. They don't have yeah. the network. And I mean, we like as Spire, like our main company, we've never marketed, we've never done anything. It's 100% word of mouth. And it all started by just helping people. Like sort of our, 
are sort of guiding principles if what we're doing makes someone else's life better it's a good business decision and yep. really i think that that just works across the board and that's a it's a it's a great piece of advice because really you you're advising them to get the experience get the get that kickstart into that world and understand okay how do i sell a product how do i build a product what is this even if it isn't going to have the return i think i think that's wonderful advice and i really like i love that that approach and your whole approach to entrepreneurship. So I don't want to take too much of your time. Like I really appreciate you, you taking, taking the time out to chat. Where should we send people to uh, check out everything you're up to? Yeah. So like these days I'm probably most active on Twitter. I'm at uh, cast jam on Twitter. Um, my personal site is BrianCastle.com. Uh, like, you know, and from there I've got links to all the products and stuff that, that I've been launching, but um, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, thanks again. I really appreciate it. And yeah, good luck for with me on. this is fun. Yeah, good luck with Zip Message and the other launches this year. I want to thank Brian for joining me on this episode. Be sure to check out everything he's up to and uh, give him a follow on Twitter. He's a he's a great follow, and you can follow the journey of the the product lab approach that he's taken to twenty twenty one. As always, this episode of Starting Now is brought to you by Built. At Built, we help you get started online. Whether you want to start a blog or a business, head on over to built.co. That's B-Y-I-L-T C-O to get started. Built. Your website, built for you, simply. Finally, if you're enjoying this, be sure to subscribe wherever you're listening right now. And that'll do it for this week. I'm Jeff Saris. This has been Starting Now, and I'll see you next time. <laughs>